So today, uh, our monthly theme, as you know, is divine discomfort. And today we are going to have a lesson from the none other but Reverend Jean Bell. We are so glad to have you. And of course, um, your name has really just bring a lot of energy. People are like looking forward to uh, this conversation. And I had the pleasure of knowing her over 20 years myself. And of course, over the years, we all grow and it's been a beautiful thing. It's just been a really beautiful thing. Uh, in life, we have this comfort. We, we all have this comfort. But through the past this year, I've learned to manage my discomfort. And in managing those discomforts, it gets me into a place of peace uh, where I'm not that victim. As you guys know, that is pretty much my ministry victim. So uh, when I initially came here to the teaching thirty plus years ago, I was a Catholic and had this victim mindset. And what everybody else do. I'm a victim. What everybody else say, I'm a victim. You know, just making it about me, me, me. And of course, very small, very small. But through the classes, I found out, guys, that I am the one making that choice to be in comfort or discomfort. And through my mind, I have used the tool treatment to get me into a place of comfort. So this teaching has really been um, a blessing, has really been a joy, and I continue to grow. And it was also a wonderful thing to know just how powerful the mind is and how amazing its ability it is it can make you that victim, bring that discomfort, or it can be equally amazing in bringing comfort. So uh, the next thing that we want to do is our declaration of principle. I believe. I believe. I believe in one God. One absolute power and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love. And creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life. And the immortality of the individual soul. Forever unfolding. I believe. I believe. I believe in the eternal goodness. The eternal goodness of God. The eternal loving kindness. And the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. Practitioners here uh, across the Center for Spiritual Living, and it takes classes. Um, demonstration and continuing education in order to maintain those credentials. I am your practitioner today, Barbara Guillory, and 
I just want to give a shout out to my good friend, Essie Free. Yes, I was part of the care ministry that she started like 25 plus years ago. And it was one of the things that I use as my practice point. You know, you get to a point like, what is it that you're practicing? So she would always request prayers for those that were in need of prayer. And that was a big part of my growth. Thank you for the integrity of that program that you put in place. Um, The social media uh, community. Hey guys, we're so glad you're here. We have a very dedicated and supportive social media uh, community. They are with us every Sunday. You may not see them now, but they are with us every Sunday. So I want to um, do a treatment this morning, and we're going to focus on love. I will do this in the first person simply because we are one. I am one, you are one, there is only one. So I will use the first person in doing the treatment. And of course, whatever it is that resonates with you, you will determine what that is. So as we center ourselves, we come to a point where we recognize the oneness, the magnificent, the source, the universe in and of itself. And in recognizing the oneness, in recognizing the magnificent, and recognizing the good from which all things are manifested, I can know the source of from where I'm from. I am one with the oneness. I am one with the source. I am one with the universe. And in this oneness, in this mindset of oneness, I can say, I am filled with love. It is the love from the universe saying that I can trust this love simply because I am that source of love. I am that conduit of love. I am here in support of love. And as love unfolds, into my space, into my being, into my body, into my mind, all around me, into my family, into my affairs, into the Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, into the world, into the north, into the south, into the east, and into the west. I can know There is infinite love for all. As a co-creator with spirit, I create the love that I so desire in my life. And because I am a co-creator, I can know without a doubt, my life is filled with love. And it is this special love I get to share with all that around me, all that I encounter, all that is in existence. And for this knowledge of the oneness, of the magnificent and its working, I am grateful. And so it is. So this morning, guys, we're going to hear from the um, 
illustrious and spirit-filled Reverend Jean Bell. Reverend Jean Bell serves as the associate minister at the Spiritual Living Center of Atlanta, and over the last 10 years has served in many of the leadership capacities, including practitioner, board member, education director, bookkeeper. Uh, Reverend Jean Bell is from Brooklyn, New York. I do wanna say uh, thank you for the support that we have been receiving from the Spiritual Living Center of Atlanta. It has been great um, in the midst of our transition. It's always good to have support from the people that understand where you are. Reverend Jean Bell was introduced to Science of Mind in 2001 and uh, became a practitioner in 2005. Reverend Jean Bell also served in the U.S. Army as a drill sergeant, and she moved into civilian life as an auditor. And finally, her deep love for the science of mind and spirit philosophy has called her to be a minister. Reverend Jean Bell is also the author of a children's book titled Brookie's Adventure, a metaphysical children's book that helps children understand that God is in all things expressed through all. Please help me welcome Reverend Jean Bell. Thank you. Good morning. It is so good to be here with all of you. I see so many familiar faces. It is really good to be here. You know, I was thinking this morning, my stomach has not settled down. I ate something yesterday, and it did not agree with me. Talk about uncomfortable and discomfort all night long. That was me. I probably slept maybe three hours. So what I always do when things are not feeling that treat is enough. I had to recruit my wife, Rachel. She got to treating. I had to recruit my mentor, Reverend Sally Kennard, and on my way here, sent me a treatment. Eh, still a little uncomfortable, but the vibe comfort is something that we are all familiar with. Yes? All right. I also was thinking about this morning about the season for nonviolence, which we are in, and it started January the 30th, and it ends April the 4th. Now, a couple of months ago, I started doing some research on that, and, well, I hate to... For some reason or another, I thought that was those gentlemen's birthdays. Mahatma Gandhi and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But it's not. Actually, it's the dates of their assassination. And I should have known that. The 30th is not Martin Luther King's birthday. It's the 15th. And as I thought about that, and as I thought about what that season of nonviolence actually means, opportunity for all of us to come together and to commemorate the lives and the actions that they have put forth for their people as well as for the world. But they're bookend by two very violent acts. And that caused me 
discomfort, that realization. And February, as we know, is the month of Black History, Black History Month. And I started thinking about that as well. Why do we even have Black History Month? It's to commemorate the accomplishments and the achievements of African Americans in our country. But why do we need a History Month in the first place? It's the same thing with next month, which is March. Women's History Month is to commemorate the accomplishments and the achievements that women have made in this country and even in the world. But the reason why we need them is because they have not been represented in our history for so many years, actually centuries. Both black history, women, Hispanics, I can go on. It is very discom discomforting, isn't it? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna to talk about lessons in discomfort because the month's theme is divine discomfort. So we all kind of start out from an uncomfortable zone in our lives. We have been evicted from our mother's womb. Now this place was warm and cozy. We had 24 seven food source. We were sitting back sucking our thumbs and enjoying ourselves. And then all of a sudden that eviction note ejected us through a narrow passage out into a bright and cold world. And let me tell you, we were poked and prodded and we were inventory to ensure that all our digits were accounted for. Now the only thing that brought us back to a sense of comfort was the loving arms of our mother, our parental figure, if we were so fortunate to have one. So, what does that say? Numerous ways that we move through life being uncomfortable and downright sometimes disturbing things. But I don't wanna make this a Debbie Downer talk. I wanna talk about some ways that we have transitioned through that discomfort. I wanna talk about some ways that we have grown in spiritual growth. But what I will tell you is there are societal and global disturbing events which may not necessarily directly affect us. So we might think, why should we even care? But more on that later. A lot of times we avoid things and situations that make us uncomfortable. But let me tell you, by avoiding these things, they somehow we think they're just going to go away. But they don't. We suppress them. We put them in the back of our mind. And what we all know as metaphysicians, anything that you suppress will eventually come back in some way or another for you to be confronted with. You know, I've seen so many people come into this philosophy wanting a better life, wanting to be spiritually enlightened and free from negative thought patterns that have they have picked up on their way through this journey of life that has bogged them down. Feelings of unworthiness, feeling unloved, unforgivable, that they are failures. And as they learn about these spiritual principles, they become very excited. But they also learn about the spiritual practices needed to embody these principles 
so they can shed those negative thought patterns, that baggage that they have accumulated along the way. And so what they realize is that this discomfort oftentimes precedes spiritual growth, and they bail. I've seen it time and time again. They're looking for someone to fix them, some kind of guru to give them a mantra or wave their hand over them to fix what's broken inside. Just don't make me feel uncomfortable. Don't make me look at the things that I have come to believe about my life or this world. I want you to fix me. That's what they want. I think we all have seen that. And sometimes we have even experienced that in our own selves. You know, I've always said that the science of mind philosophy is not for the weak at heart. It requires you to go within and connect to a power that is greater than you are, that's available to you, and you can use it. Our founder, Ernest Holmes, said, the thing then works for us by working through us and is us always. It cannot work for us in any other way. So how does it, spirit, get through us? Again, that requires spiritual practice so that we can come into a realization of the one power that is back of all creation. And sometimes that realization alone can cause true discomfort if you've been living in a paradigm of separation, unworthiness, lack, limitation, fear, and or despair. People hear that they are one with spirit, that they are worthy, that they are divine here and now, and they just can't believe this is true. Now, Ernest said, and I love this quote, he says, it spreads itself over the whole universe and shouts at us from every angle. But we cannot recognize that it is while we are believing that it is not. Hence, it is written, they enter not in because of unbelief. You know, developing spiritual muscle is kind of like the uncomfortableness you get when you go to the gym to develop physical muscles. Like two days later, you can't move your arms and you're walking around like this going, what have I done? And a lot of times that requires dedication to continue in this new routine. Yeah, and I've seen many workout partners bail, including myself. Don't talk to my wife about that. Just as we tear down and build up physical muscles, we also tear down false beliefs, negative thought patterns, and build up and, and transform and renew our way of thinking and being in the world. And a lot of times, that is spiritually discomforting. But far too many of us, we stop at the spiritual stage of spirit in me. But when you truly do your spiritual work, and you evolve through the spiritual domains, and you move from spirit in me to spirit through me to spirit 
as me. You come to a point where you realize it's spirit as we. And yes, there may be some divine discomfort along the way as we surrender to the realization that God is all that there is and in and through all of humanity and all things. Listen, now I know that there has been a great deal of rugged individualization in and these paradigms have been in our philosophy and has brought us to a point of believing that if we only just work on ourselves, that's all that matters. This philosophy is not about trying to change the world. There are those that believe that the Centers for Spiritual Living and the Science of Mind philosophy, its teaching should have nothing to do with changing the world, only changing ourselves. Yet I tell you, no one is an island unto themselves. No one. This paradigm is outdated and ineffective in creating a world that works for everyone. And it is solely, a, if it was solely about our individual selves, we wouldn't need to gather in communities. We wouldn't need to break bread with one another. We wouldn't need to help one another or pray for one another or treat for one another. No, we wouldn't. Our parent organization, the Centers for Spiritual Living, they have a global vision statement, which is actually quite long. And many of our centers have adopted a small part of it. And there's a sentence of this global vision statement that reads, we envision a world that works for everyone and for all creation. Now, this is a tall order. But what is a vision statement, really? A vision statement is a declaration that describes what an organization hopes to achieve in the future. It is meant to motivate its members toward a shared purpose and provide a sense of direction. Now, from the book, The Essential Ernest Holmes, it reads, we are like a wave, an upthrust wave. We look about seeing other waves, apparently disassociated from us. But underneath is one ocean, pushing all waves upward. There is one mover in every movement, one undulating passion for self-expression. That one is the source of all life. And when we come into a true alignment with it, it will guide us and direct us and reveal to us the foundation of our oneness with all of life, our interconnectivity with all of humanity, as all people are waves, a part of this divine ocean's wholeness. We are always in relationship with other people and with life itself. In a practical sense, we understand our interdependence with others since we don't make our own clothing, we don't build our own homes, or some of us might grow our own food. Some of us don't even cook our own foods. Yin does not exist alone, and nor does Yang. It takes both to represent divine harmony, synergy, 
and creation. Jesus surrounded himself with disciples whom he taught to go out into the world to continue the work of elevating consciousness, feeding the poor and healing the sick. All of them did their work individually and collectively out in the communities they visited. And yet, there's still that resistance. Let's just work on ourselves, point of view. We must use these principles to raise the collective consciousness that's in our world. Otherwise, the world of effect and its separation and destructive paradigms will continue to play out. That's why the science of mind philosophy is so important, not just to us individually, but to all of humanity, because it's currently marked down and bogged down in gun violence and wars, climate change, and all sorts of other issues that I will not depress you with. Now, for all of us that have embraced this divine comfort of facing the shadows and negative thought patterns, and consistently engage on a regular basis in the practices of meditation, affirmative prayer, visioning, and affirmations. They are the ones that break through. We are the ones that break through the discomfort and spirit and experience a spiritual awakening of our interconnectedness. Change always comes with a bit of discomfort. Let us be willing to expand and get uncomfortable. For we know right now that we are enough. We know right now that we are incarnations of this one divine, infinite Holy Spirit. We know right now that we are armored up in faith and conviction. And we know and are confident that perfect love, this perfect all-inclusive love will cast out all that is not like its divine self. Let us not profess to love and live in this philosophy by word alone, but let us move out indeed. Because why? We are to apply these principles, ingrain them in our memory, our heart, and our mind, so that we may become as beacons of loving light in the darkest of harbors. Let us be living examples of this life-changing philosophy because a world that works for all is, regard is going to require a level of consciousness that has never existed before because this world has never existed before. Ernest Holmes said, when we are filled with faith, it must be, it may transform, I'm sorry, when we are filled with faith, it may be transmitted to others. When we are filled with light, we help lighten the pathway for others. When we have a consciousness of the divine presence, others feel this presence and enter into its light with us. Let us become living science of mind principles for the world to encounter. Let us put our relationship with the divine I am that is within us first and recognize that we are its light in the world, that we are its hand that helps build houses for the poor. We are it feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, 
doing spiritual mind treatments, helping the unhoused. We are spirit in action because we have gotten our small selves out of the way of its divine circuit and have recognized that we are here to express its loving kindness and its ever-givingness of life to all. I said a lot, right? But I want to leave you with one thing that I want you to remember, that you may be the only sign-to-mind verse. You may be the only loving kindness that someone runs into. You may be their only light that they may encounter. And they may want to inquire why in the midst of all of the world's discomfort does your light shine so bright. It may want, it may, they may want to know about this philosophy and this is your opportunity to be the light, to be what spirit is in and through and as you. So as I end this talk, hoping that you recognize that being uncomfortable is the least of our concerns because we are to be about spirit's business of loving one another, uplifting one another, and making a world that works for all. And so it is. Thank you, Reverend Jean. Wow, what a talk. I'm glad I was here for that. Um, and for those of you online, we're glad you were here with us too. So now it's my turn to ask for money, basically. <laughs> it's, we're going to do our affirmation of prosperity, and you can click on the QR code to do a donation. And if you're here in the room, you can put money in the basket in the back. And if you will, say with me our affirmation of prosperity. I live, I live in, in a universe, universe of abundance. As, as I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow, and all that I share with life returns to me multiplied abundantly. And, and so, so it is. is. And now I'm going to turn it over to our board president, Lee Huffman. Thank you, Vance. Wow, we're, Reverend Jean, it's, uh, I don't think I've ever called you Reverend Jean. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other for so long. Yeah. Fantastic. Barbara, thank you for your, your facilitation today. We have a lot of good things going on, as Barbara mentioned in the beginning. Uh, the transition team's doing some good work. They're uh, especially the team that is bringing us these speakers, guest speakers, and a lot of good things are happening. One of the things I want to point you to is that on March 3rd, the day before we start our 13th year, I think, um, as CSL Midtown, we will be back here um, and we will have our annual meeting. So it'd be important for you to be here or be online and uh, that'll be right after the service and right before we eat. So it's going to be a short meeting and we're going to get our way into the food and um, we'll be talking about the finances and things like that and updating everybody. And that's uh, wonderful things that are coming on. Other announcements is we have the um, Tuesday we have at 12 o'clock, you can go online and we have a conversation uh, with a practitioner, anybody that would like to join us. It's, um, good conversation and it's whatever comes up at the time last about a half an hour 
So please join us for that online. You can get online through the website. And then on Sunday, I've been corrected. Uh, we have our um, group class uh, study group, and it goes from 10 o'clock to 10.50, not 10.45, 10.50. And so um, they're having great discussions, and I'm pleased to see that continuing. And then next week, if I roll down here, um, we have um, are continuing the new discussion topic. And um, I've lost my way. There we go. Uh, and our speaker is uh, Reverend Dr. Jerry Troyer. And so, again, divine discomfort is the uh, discussion topic. And it's really a great um talk. I appreciate that. My family's been through a lot of divine discomfort in the last week or so um, with the passing of an uncle and some health problems and things like that with some of the people. But we've had great people here within the center um, doing treatments for us and all over the country and um, helping with that. And I know it's meant a lot to my family. So thank you, everybody uh, that's been involved with that. And uh, if you need a practitioner, if you want a practitioner, not even if you need a practitioner, if you want a practitioner to treat for you or something new, something wonderful to come in your life, then please go online, send an email to info at cslmidtown.org, and um, you can have treatments. A uh, practitioner will be in touch with you, and we'll get uh, somebody to treat for you right away. And if you would like to send any information to me, I'm at president at cslmidtown.org. And uh, so it's wonderful. Good to see you all here. We'll be online next week. And thank you all for coming, especially it's great to look out and see this room full. So please join me for the, um, as we leave in our closing affirmation. I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding, and I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me. And so it is. There is a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it.